Like what the kids would call today, like a dank ass meme. Yes. I double D. Guys, what the hell are we doing? thing that I have to ask is Ben and Zach, but mostly Ben. Did you guys hear that like, you know, maybe like a month ago, maybe a little under a month ago that there was that um that really old Zodiac cipher that they finally cracked the code for? Ben, did you hear about this? I I did not. Oh, so what? it's it's uh the Zodiac cipher, the second one that was sent, which I'm pretty sure was called like the 151 cipher. Um okay. for reasons that had to deal with what was also sent in plain English in the letter. They finally cracked it, and it took like 50 years or something, or 40 oh, years, shit. probably 50 or 40 years. No, it was actually really cool, and, and once I heard about this, uh, because not surprisingly, Rob is really interested in um, serial killers, I guess oh, that's okay. the best way to put it, um, that I looked into it. There's some really cool YouTube videos about how it wasn't just like a cipher, and you had to decode things from left to right. Like they, the, the Zodiac Killer actually wrote like... It's like a block of letters, and the code was deciphered by going from, like, the bottom left corner up, down, diagonally, over, diag. It was like a diagonal code. Like, the YouTube videos are really, really interesting at how they deciphered it. Um, mm. But when I found out about this, I said to myself, hey, I haven't seen the movie Zodiac in a while. So I decided to watch all of David Fincher's <sighs> films. And now we are doing this very cleanly. We are going into Rob's Zodi- uh, Fincher rankings. <laughs> David Fincher. Zach, you like him? You hate him? What do you think? Solid, uh, solid to great filmmaker. Okay. And as Ben said in the Speed Racer episode, he doesn't really pay attention to directors, so who knows what he thinks about David Fincher. I think he'll have more to say about the movies we go to. But he has 11 feature-length films, so I'm not counting the Mindhunter stuff he's directed, and I'm not counting the pilot of House of Cards, which he also directed, uh, which Ben and I have actually seen. We've, we watched some House of Cards back in the day. So here we go. The internet has been waiting for it. My ranking of the David Fincher movies. Number 11, the most infuriatingly stupid movie I've ever seen since Dr. Sleep and Arrival. It is Panic Room with Jodie Foster. This movie infuriated so infuriated me so much, I actually wrote a review the night after I watched it on our Cinemodity subreddit. I encourage everyone to go see it and check it out. But that movie is fucking terrible. Like, I have never been screaming at my television screen more than Panic Room, I think, in the last ten years. That is an absolutely horrendous movie. That's kind of upsetting. I When I was, you know, when I saw advertisements for Panic Room, I... I thought that might be something I wanted to watch. I never did watch it. I think now... you would like it, Ben, in the sense of you are watching the stupidest people in existence. Like, it is a train wreck you cannot turn away from. <laughs> okay. I might have to give it a shot. So that is my last place, David Fincher. Now, this is the one I'm going to get a lot of hate from. I know talking to some people in the Knights of Fader Facebook group and uh, through them that I'm going to get a lot of hate for this one. My number 10 is Sesevenin. Otherwise known as Seven. So Seven is stylized as S-E and then the number Seven and then E-N. So Seven-N. I don't know why this movie gets so much love. This is considered one of like the best movies of the 90s. One of the best psychological thrillers and crime dramas ever. Everything is garbage until the last scene. (laughs) There's a reason that when you quote this movie, people quote Brad Pitt going, What's in the box? Because that's the end of the movie and it's the only good scene in the whole movie. Zach... When was the last time you saw Seven? Oh, God, it's got to be about, like, 
eight, nine years ago. Okay. I That was the last time I had seen it, probably even longer, maybe 10 or 11, before I watched it again for Fincher rankings. I recommend everybody go back and watch Seven, and everything before that last scene, look at the eyeline in these movies. There are shot reverse shot setups of Morgan Freeman and Gwyneth Paltrow, or Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad Pitt, or Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, where... You watch the scene, and it looks like they're looking at each other's foreheads. The eyeline is so off in this movie that it takes me immediately out of it. And also by the fact that the first three quarters are just stupid as hell, and Morgan Freeman going, I don't want to work this case because I want to retire. Oh, I guess I'll work this case anyway. Every 15 minutes, it's an atrocity. Seven is a bad movie, and I'm not afraid to say it. Number nine is The Game which I know Ben has expressed some uh, negativity towards before, the game is only good to watch once. The ending is terrible, but before you know what the ending is, I think everything else is fairly decent. Guy going crazy. Zach, have you ever seen the game? I don't think we've ever talked about that. I've never seen the game, Rob. Okay, okay. It's uh, his follow-up to Seven, and I think it gets a, uh, a, lot of, a lot of distaste. And even Fincher himself, I think I've read in interviews, says that he is very upset with that ending. They didn't know how to end it. But other than that, it's it's kind of like a one-watch good fun type of thing. Number eight, Alien times Alien times Alien, otherwise known as Alien Cubed. I'm pretty neutral on this movie. It's meh. I know I think Zach and Chris uh, P and possibly Zanger are going to talk about this in more detail later on. But I was kind of neutral on it, Zach. I do have to say, though, the master touch of this movie which every video and article I read about it says is the worst part, is that Michael Bean and Little Girl die off-screen at the start of the movie. That is the best part of the movie for me. The movie begins with, Newt is dead, and I go, good, fuck that terrible little girl actress. <laughs> but, I mean, what is there to say about Alien 3 that we're not going to get into more, Zach? Uh, that I honestly, between, I watched the theatrical cut for this ranking, the difference between the assembly cut... I couldn't give a fuck if the alien comes from a dog or an ox. Who cares? I couldn't give two shits if there was more of the religious aspect of the world that this takes place on fleshed out in the assembly cut. So as far as I'm concerned, they're the same movie. One of them is just more boring than the other, and I don't know which one is which yet. That's fair. Okay, okay, I like that. <laughs> that's fair. No, there's, no, there's no good cut of this movie, so that's fine. I also want to mention, because I, I don't like, the, from my research, that people call the assembly cut the director's cut. It's David not. Fincher did not make the assembly cut. They just say that it is more like what Fincher would have done if he had yep. full control. And the only thing I've read is that he gave his blessing, in air quotes, to the assembly cut. So I honestly think, once again, Alien 3 might not even really be a Fincher movie because, he, as Zach loves to say, he walked away before the editing process happened. But still, it's, it's better than Panic Room, it's better than Seven, it's better than The Game, which I've clearly described. <laughs> Don't really disagree. Number seven, starring Mr. Ben Affleck himself, Gone Girl. Mm. Ben, have you seen Gone Girl? I have seen Gone Girl. Oh, okay, ben. okay. I... My only problem, I like Gone Girl. I think I, now we're getting to the Fincher movies that I really appreciate. I like Gone Girl, but I don't think it has anything to say. Like, to me, when I watched Gone Girl first, you know, maybe in 2013, 2014, um, I watched it again for this, uh, for this ranking. I was kind of like, he does, Fincher, Fincher isn't really saying anything other than that the court of public opinion exists. 
I, 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 I don't, I think it's one of his least fleshed out movies. And it's just like, oh, there's this book that was popular. Fincher got his hands on it for some reason. And, you know, we're going to deal with that. Uh, I think most of the Gone Girl cast is horribly miscast. Kim Dickens as the detective is horrendous, I think. Tyler Perry as the lawyer is kind of okay. Ben Affleck, as we said on this podcast before, we love him for his birthday and his birthday only. He's not a great actor. <laughs> uh, but, Zach, I know you've had some, I think, what did you, you called it Goo Gone once, didn't you? Yes, Goo Gone. Yes, Goo Gone. Goo Gone's a Every product. Gugan. Like Gugan it's, a, it's something you ben buy Affleck. to remove sticky things. It's like an acetone derivative, Gugan. Y- yes, Gugan starring Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike, directed by David Fincher. I will give uh, – Rosamund Pike is really great in that movie, and so is something I think we talked about with Chris in our Starship Troopers episode, Zach. Neil Patrick Harris in a dramatic role. He's oh – God, that's – okay, I agree with you on Gugan. In that it's like it's so boilerplate, it's boring. It's like the McDonald's of like crime thrillers. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. It's like it, it is that fast food it. version, absolutely. Because I watch it and it's like you're gonna get you know crucified by the court of public opinion, and I'm like, well, that's the is thing. this like, a new I re- idea? <laughs> I read that book before the movie came out, and I was like. Like the the best part of that story is the ending where she spoiler alert entraps him by like like taking like what his uh, uh semen sample and it's like oh man like I got you yes like to me yes. that's the best part of the story and it works much better in the book it, it it's kind of just glossed over in the last what minute minute and a half of the movie oh that like, to whole, me the b- after Rosamund Pike comes back into Ben Affleck's life. The movie's a wash as far as I'm concerned. I hated everything well, after that. Like, again, like, it goes back to my complaints, like, regardless of Ben Affleck and his birthday. Like, I, I <laughs> never understood people think that he's talented. He's just a constipated man that somehow has succeeded beyond his wildest dreams in Hollywood. Yes. And, and like, that's the thing. Like, even, like, where he, like, strips her down, like, in the shower. I'm sorry. She strips him down in the shower. Yeah. And, like, she's basically laying it all out to him. I'm like, this isn't, like, dramatic. It's just kind of happening. Yeah, the, the, it's one of those movies that ex- they feel the need to explain the entire concept of the movie to you at the very end, and I hate that. But that's the thing, though. Like, it's meant to be a book. Again, like that book uh, written by I forget what her name is. Like, it's meant to be like one of those books you pick up like in airport and mm-hmm. read like on a three-hour flight, and you like okay, and you just like give it to somebody or just leave it somewhere. Like, I get that. It's not high art. It's meant to be like melodramatic schlock. I get that. And like, but like melodramatic schlock is meant to be entertaining. And yet this kind of feels like it's just kind of there. Like, I'm just like, okay, like, it's fine. Like, I guess that's what the ultimate goal is. Like, I'm I'm less disappointed in the final product than I am just that David Fincher decided to like devote two years of his life to it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of where I, I know I put this one ahead of Alien 3. They're both just kind of serviceable stories i would say i don't think david Fincher. i would rather watch to... gugon i would yeah. rather watch gugon i guess i agree because i put it one higher so. <laughs> yes i would very easily watch gugon gugon at least there's always something happening alien 3 nothing happens for the majority of that film and when mm. nothing's ha- when, if something does happen it's awkward povs of an alien running down corridors chasing uh, bald british men sure sure p pasta wait i did not know it was an alien 3 for more maurice fincher that's fit What's his name? Maurice Phil Fincher? Are you talking about Jurassic World? Or no, Jurassic Park 2? No, what's his name? In, in, in Inception. 
Oh, Maurice Fisher. Fisher. Yes. Fisher. I, said I, Fincher. I, 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 I never remember Fincher. Pete Postlewaite as the dad of Cillian Murphy at the end of that movie because he only has one scene and Christopher Nolan filmed it literally on Pete Postlewaite's deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> We're interesting tangent. Isn't Pete Postlewaite's like last role like the town starred Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I think bring, that bring was it full film, if I remember correctly, that was filmed before Inception, his part. Oh, was it? So, oh, okay. like, Inception is the closest thing we have before his death, I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. So, Gone Girl, or Goo Gone, which I don't call it, but Zach does, which I might have Goo to Gone. adopt. Uh, that's number seven. Number six, Ben is going to love because it has his name in it. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I did not hate... I, uh, I put that over Gone Girl, yes. Because I did not like The Curious Case of Benjamin Button when Zach and I saw it in theaters. I appreciated it much, much more when I rewatched it. I think this movie, this is where we're getting into the Fincher movies that actually have something to say. I don't really know what Curious Case of Benjamin Button is trying to say, but there is an emotional core to that movie of someone growing younger while all of his loved ones grow older. And how we watch so many people get lost in his life as he's gaining more life. And that's fairly interesting, I think. The big issue I have with that movie is the Hurricane Katrina framework. That should not exist in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Because that doesn't exist in the book because it was written before Hurricane Katrina. Years, many years before. And I think the whole revelatory analysis of, you know, old woman telling this is how she's telling her daughter that benjamin button was her real father i think that should all be cut it should just be benjamin button's story throughout his reverse life and i i loved a lot of the parts of the movie that i really didn't like the first time we saw it zach so i had to give it a little high of a ranking than i expected i was going to it's 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 a the problem is that like it's a really good film i have not watched that film probably another one that's been like almost 10 years but like Ah, it's it's well made. It's just I think it has pacing problems. I think oh, that's an issue. Yes, I do not disagree with you there. That this movie gets so slow at certain points that it's almost unbearable. Yeah, well crafted film. Just like the pacing's just it just it becomes glacial at times, and I think that's what holds it back. I I also I couldn't help but think that the Benjamin Button was the the more modern version of a twist on Forrest Gump. Some person just going through the world and seeing events as they happen. And I mean, let's get this straight. I hate Forrest Gump. Like, I think Forrest Gump is a terrible movie that has no point in in existing. Um, It's basically like, hey, you remember history? That's the movie. This at least, I, I put Benjamin Button as the better version of Forrest Gump, but the worse version of Big Fish, the Tim Burton movie. Like, there is a way to do the man living through a life, interacting with other characters, and them reflecting on him and him reflecting on others. This is, like, the most mediocre way to do it, I would say. Big Fish being the best example, Forrest Gump being the worst example. Probably Pee-wee's Big Adventure being a little better than this, too, I would say. Because Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a great movie. <laughs> I I would say this is above average. Not by much, okay. but I'd say okay. it's better than average. Okay. So that was number six. Number five, which I always call Edgelord the Movie. The first rule about Fight Club is that it's not that great of a movie. <laughs> For the record, Fight Club should be the bottom of this list because Fight Club is a 
freaking miserable movie. I don't think it's miserable. I'm putting it my number five because even though I think there's a lot of things wrong with this movie, I think it is one of the best examples of satire in existence. No thoughts on that. Okay. <laughs> I I saw that movie once, like nine years ago. I I have a copy. I'm pretty sure I saw my copy on Blu-ray. I have no interest in ever rewatching again. That's we how need we need it's, Phil it's here, a, my friend from Pittsburgh, because he has Fight Club on DVD in four different copies. That's fine. He loves none, that none, movie. None, none of them are good. Um, no, I, no, I, I have problems with it's, Fight Club. It's, like it's I said, a, it's a dirty movie. Like it's grimy. Like I look, at, I just think about that movie and I want to take a shower. It's uh, like Helena Bonham Carter should be like, like what's the word, euthanized? Like her character in the film because she's she's that dirty. Oh, I, I don't hate that movie as much. I think it's a great satire. I think they get a lot of cool ideas. Um, and no, I got, I got, I got. Number five, like I said. Number four, the movie that has no goddamn right to be as good as it is, The Social Network. That should be number one, and it's a trap. This is, once again, Rob and I <laughs> arguing over the best Tarantino film. Social Network is number one without a doubt. Social Network should not be as good as it is, but it fucking works. I think it is Justin Timberlake's greatest performance in any non-in-sync role. Um, I think Mark Zuckerberg, played by Jesse Eisenberg, nails that performance, even though you, we might disagree on how he actually portrays the real-life Mark Zuckerberg. I think he nails it. My problem with the movie is, once again, I think it's a David Fincher thing, the framework. Rashida Jones should not be in that movie as his conscience at the end. And she fails to be his conscience. I think that's the point. But she should just uh, not be in okay. the movie. Okay, we could do an entire episode on this movie because, like, the Social Network is legit one of my favorite movies of all time. Andrew Garfield is great uh, in it too. I have to mention. <laughs> oh, that's the only reason why he has a career is because of that movie. Yes. Did you leak the um, chicken story? You leaked the chicken story, and Justin Timberlake goes, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" <laughs> everything in that movie is better than it. you know. What the strangest thing about the Social Network is that movie, like, like just barely broke even. Wow. Like that is like like, like that is a movie that is a definition of ahead of its time. Yes, absolutely. like that movie, show like like it barely broke even. Like I remember when that movie was like being talked about, everyone's like, "Oh man!" Like the Facebook movie, and like it like it's weird that like it did better than probably any other type of movie like that would have done. But at the same time, you'd expect it to have done better. Um, and it also came out at a perfect time, just before like Facebook became like the weird like like offshoot of like google when it came to like tech monopoly-esque yep so yep. like like now that movie would not get made it, it would be it would have been shut down but at the time like nobody took facebook seriously to like where it is now in the culture and yeah like no like social network is easily gonna be a movie we discuss someday yeah it's, and it's uh, number so, four on my Fincher ranking. So, okay, I'm trying to think what's okay. I'm trying to think what's left now. Now, well, okay, Zach. Three. Well, Zach thinks about what's left. I have to ask Ben. Ben, you have seen the Social Network before, right? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, okay. Did you enjoy I saw it? it or? In theaters. I liked it. it nice, nice. Okay. I mean, it, it did win Best Picture that year. I'm pretty sure. No, it did not. It lost the King's Speech. It pretty much lost every award it was nominated for. What? The it lost a, There's no way those were not the same year. It won three Oscars. It would. It uh, obviously Aaron Sorkin won for best screenplay. Yes, editing and Trent Reznor won. Won. It lost half. everything else. It lost for best picture. It I, lost for best actor. I best, don't. Lost I'm for best not director, Cinematography, sound mixer, mixing. I'm not disagreeing that it, it lost the King's Speech. 
it, that was the year I'm thinking of the Inception, Golden Globes. Okay. I, I'm thinking of the Golden Globes. That, that was the same year that Inception picture, came out. And Inception yes, cleaned up yes. like in all the technical awards. You're right. You're right. You're right, Zach. I don't like it, but you're right. Well, I kind of i am neutral on it, but you're right. <laughs> Social Network is, like I said, I think my big takeaway on that movie is that movie has no right to be as good as it is for how dry some of that content is. But that's why I think Finch is a great director. He makes it work, which takes me into number three. Wait, Another... wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm, so... I'm still trying to figure out what the third movie is. Well, I'm going to say it, Zach, because I'm on a no, roll. No, no, stop. Number... God I damn it, Zach. I... Wait, give me a three movie. Are we okay? No, I'm not going to give you the three and have you guess. I'm going in order. This is Ben is like I hate everything that's happening. Are we? Are we including? Are we including Mank in here? Number three is Mank. Okay, so now okay, thank you. That's all you had to say. Mank you. (laughs) Mank is phenomenal. That is the movie that David Fincher released this year. I think it had some theatrical release, but then was dumped on Netflix in early December, if I remember correctly. I loved the concept of Mank when I heard about it. It's about the process and history behind uh, Herman Mankiewicz, who wrote the uh, screenplay for Citizen Kane. And this is where I think Fincher really starts to thrive in just great non-linear storytelling, the back and forth between who Howard Mankiewicz was and how it led for him to write that all of the the history in Hollywood. Oh, it's such an enticing movie. As I've said to Zach before, I think I know a lot of people that would turn it on and fall asleep in two minutes. But man, I love me some slow burn dialogue. The other thing to mention is that the entire movie is in black and white, except for the Netflix logo, which I hate. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix still won't let anyone mess with their logos, even David Fincher. It's it's a very jarring. You see the Netflix logo in the red and white, and it cuts to black and white immediately. But no, Mank, I totally recommend. Anybody who has Netflix or anybody who has a way to find Mank, definitely check it out. It is such a good historical drama. I was enthralled by it. And that brings us to number two. I can't believe that you're going to rank these this way. I really can't believe this. I know what you're going to do. Like, the dragon with the a... girl tattoo. I, I cannot wrap my head around how that's number two. Just you of all people, I cannot get it. Outside I, of the score. Outside I have of the score, to ask I get it. Ben. Ben, have you read the book, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? I have not. Oh, I have man. Not I, have. I have. Ben, I think, honestly, you would love it. There's a lot that they cut out from the book in the movie, but at the same time, there's a lot they take from the book into the movie. But there is a – our um, Elizabeth Salander character, the actual girl with the dragon tattoo, she is infatuated in the whole trilogy, not even the first book, by historical mathematics. Oh, okay. And there is a lot of references to, like, you know, uh, the proof of Fermat's last theorem in her own research and stuff like that. And it's really, really cool. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo by Fincher, I saw that in theaters back in the day. I've seen it now, I think, three times. I watched it maybe, you know, five years ago and then again for this ranking. This is where Fincher reigns supreme. When he tells stories about what it means... For people to know that information exists and have to find it, I'm in love with this stuff. And I think The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo doesn't get at that as much as my number one, which we'll get to. But The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is full-on a half-action thriller, half-research movie. And it works so fantastically. And I think, to this day, I love it. I love mysteries where... 
the movie gives you, the story gives you every bit that you need to solve the mystery on your own. And when I don't do that, when I am like, I see the reveal and I go, oh, I should have figured that out. It makes me love it even more. R.E. True Detective Season 2. This is why I love that so much. Because I should have known that it was that goddamn brother and sister because they were the only non-celebrities that knew about the sex parties, but the show did a good enough job to throw me off the scent. And I think the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movie does that perfectly. And that takes us, Zach, to number one. One of the best movies I have ever seen that I would watch again and again with no qualms. It is Zodiac. Stain from this conversation. This movie is so good. This movie is David Fincher's masterpiece on an allegory for what it means to be coming into the information age. This movie basically acts as, well, what do we do now that the internet exists? But played on the backdrop of a serial killer from the 60s, 70s that was never caught. It is absolutely fantastic. The way that we have characters obsessing over information, the way that we have characters just dealing with what does it mean to know that information exists and you can't find it, that is phenomenally interesting to me. I recommend everyone here, Zach and Ben included, watch Zodiac, Sit through the two hours and 45 minutes, because honestly, to me, it feels like a 20-minute YouTube video. It is that goddamn good. I love Zodiac. For someone who wants a copy of that movie, folks, pass. Put that in the next package you send me, Zach. <laughs> you, you can have it. I, don't, I can still remember when I got that movie and being severely disappointed by it. And I, I've only watched it once, and I was not. my opinion did not change a bit. You, you can have that movie, Rob. I want no parts of it. So those those are my David Fincher movie rankings in ascending order. Once again, Panic Room, Seven, The Game, Alien, Cubed, Gone Girl, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Fight Club, The Social Network, Mank, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and Zodiac. Fincher, I was glad to rewatch all these movies. And I'm also happy to say, I don't know when this little chunk of episode will come out, um, but I can't wait to give my Martin Breast movie rankings. And I know Zach is excited because I will finally have to watch all of Meet Joe Black. <laughs> Hot dogs for Go Gone, Rob. Hot dogs for Go Gone. If I can find it, I will watch it, but that is not part of the ranking because that is a short film. <laughs> it, sh- it still counts as part of the filmography. I think I should also tell Zach because I told Ben when we recorded the episode on it. Uh, no spoiler here. Last place for Martin Breast, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> that movie Shocking. is cancer. <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So if you have uh, any complaints, whenever this comes out, I will post this ranking on the subreddit as I've posted my Paul Bartel and Danny DeVito rankings. And we'll see if anybody agrees or disagrees. Um, But I hope that everybody chimes in and says that Zach is wrong because Zodiac is so good. Where would you put Zodiac? You said Fight Club would be last. Would like? Oh, Fight Club would be last. Okay, yeah, but easily. would Zodiac be near the bottom? You can't. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. What? The first one's okay. I really don't care. I think I don't care about movies ranking them at the bottom, like, unless I hate them, like Fight Club. But like number one would be Social Network. Sure. Um. And Zodiac. Oh God. Okay. No God, that's the thing. I, I'm not a huge Fincher fan. Like, and then I Zodiac like, again. Okay. I guess it would be. I guess number. I guess if I had to, number one would be Social Network, and they'd be like a long, long gap. Then it would be probably Benjamin Button. Wow. 
That's crazy to me. Uh, well, okay, where else would you put there? Like, I haven't seen Maddie. any of the ones I, I put before Benjamin Button. <laughs> like, I guess then Girl Dragon, like, Girl Dragon Tattoo is fine. It's just not anything to get excited about other than the opening credit, like the, the title sequence. Zach, you need to care more about information. I think that's the key. Yeah, to I know. Yeah, I get it. I get it, Rob. <laughs> I get it. He, he, he scratched your itch. I get it. Oh, man. Okay. Well, thank you to Zach for dealing with this. Thank you to Ben for the few times you chimed in. Uh, we love to have you. See, that's the thing, Ben. You have to understand when you want to be on Cinematas, you have to take the good with the bad. That's what I said in our Beverly Hills Cop episode, you know? That's what I said to Zach in the uh, Lust in the Dust episode in the Paul Bartell series. You have to take the good with the bad. So, I mean, Martin Brest is coming next. I know I've already mentioned we're going to do Henry Selleck later in the year. Uh, I, I, there's some other directors I want to watch, but it's like there's so many movies, you know? like Michael Bay. Well, no, no. Every single movie is in last place. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's not fair. The Rock is good. The Rock's what? serviceable. I don't like The Rock. The Rock's solid. The Rock is solid. <laughs> solid as The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to like actually work through Martin Scorsese's movies, but there's like 28 oh, million Lord. of them. No, no. That, you, you, okay, hot take. Michael Bay's filmography might not okay. Michael Bay's filmography is more entertaining than Martin Scorsese's <laughs> as a whole. As a whole, as a whole, it's more entertaining. I mean, what else? I, we're, we're close to actually a few on um, cinemodities like Jimmy C. We've talked about. We we can finish that up probably. Well, we both know how that's going to go. Like number one is going to be what true what true lies. With each no, well, we don't know what my number one's going to be. I would say true lies. I would say two is the Terminator. About Titanic. Titanic's probably three for me. Really? Yeah, because Titanic's a good movie. Hot take once again. Titanic's a good movie. But True Lies is fantastic. Terminator is a great just, you know, product in, in completion, <laughs> I think, like we said in our episode. Um, God, what else is there? Avatar would be last. Well, yeah. Well, the... no, actually, I think I'd put Avatar above Aliens. Really? Because that movie's a Raw, fucking a- nightmare. No, no, Rob. Avatar is a nightmare. They're all nightmares. Aliens is not. You might not okay, like that, aliens, that might be but the it's thing. Not a nightmare. If people tune into Rob's Jimmy C rankings, it's how do the bottom three movies get ranked? Because it's exactly. got to be Terminator Two, Aliens, and Avatar. Which one's going to be the worst? Is, Rob, nothing is worse than Avatar. Oh God. Oh my. Avatar is a nightmare. Avatar is a slog. Like say what you will about Aliens. Aliens, at least Sigourney Weaver's there, and Michael Bean is a lot of fun. <laughs> Like, like, say what you will. Terminator 2 at least has some really neat moments. I know you hate children actors. Yes. But Avatar does not have children actors, and it's just blue people moping around for two and a half hours. Oh, it's not good on any level. You at least will admit Aliens and Terminator 2 have redeeming qualities. There is no redeeming quality to Avatar. Mm, the Abyss will be down there as well. The Abyss is nowhere near – okay, the abyss is nowhere near as bad. As <laughs> I haven't seen the abyss in so long, but I mean, other than Jimmy Harris C, almost died for for, well, for that. Yes, that, 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 just... that gives it points. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, what else we've t- so now with the Wachowski? Are we going to rank? Jimmy, are we going to rank Jimmy C's films now? Is this what this is? Robert's going to start ranking filmographies now. I, well, well, when I work through all of the directors' movies, I'd like to do a ranking. I think that's fun. So Christopher we'll Nolan. David, we'll, we'll rank David Lynch. Number one. That's is... going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Number. 
Number one is the straight story. Rabbits. <laughs> number is, you, hey, you're the one who said short films don't count. Rabbits as part of Inland Empire. <laughs> oh, God. Inland Empire is the worst. Well, we, we'll have far. to do Wachowskis. I know Ben has expressed interest. We'll have to do Guy Ritchie one day. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know what the best film is? The bullet I put through my brain. No, the best movie is Revolver, hands down. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that, I actually texted you a quote from Revolver the other night, Zach. Mr. Sam, I, I run this game gold. God, kill me now. I gotta, I Leave actually, me out of that discussion. You know Let that I, be during a venue discussion. No, Zach, you have to watch that movie again. It's, it's, no, it's I watched, d- it, I watched it once. That's more than enough. I think I've watched that movie 26 times. <laughs> I don't doubt it. You know what I actually should do? Because I don't think it's going to come up again on Cinemodities. I actually want to go back through, because there's, there's so much time between them, the Miyazaki movies. And it's a foregone conclusion that Spirited Away will be my number one. But he's only got 11 total. I would love to see where the other ones fall. You know? I'm going to pick a horrible director and force you to watch all their That'll films. That'll be a bit. Be- well, I beat you to it. I picked Martin Bress. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that'll be one for Ben and I. We go into the, the real animation corner so Ben can talk about artwork and stuff like that with Miyazaki. Who Have you seen Spirited Away, Ben? Band. Is Ben still here even? <laughs> yeah, I've seen Spirited Away. <laughs> Spirited Away is, one, is probably like my third favorite movie of all time. I'm going to make you watch Interstellar on repeat, Rob. Well, if we do a Christopher Nolan ranking, I would have to, because when I tried to watch all his movies leading up to Tenet, I only watched half of Interstellar, and I gave up because someone else wanted to do something more interesting with me. (laughs) Was it brushing your teeth? It was cock and ball (laughs) torture. (laughs) That's better than Interstellar. No, Ben would have to be on the Christopher Nolan episodes, because Ben backs me up, Zach. Because Ben and I know the truth of the universe, that Interstellar is a terrible movie. Greatest film ever people. made. Oh, okay. Thank you, guys, for indulging me with this, uh, this ordeal of me getting through the Fincher movies. And, uh, and I guess the last thing comes down to, Ben, you have to watch all the Fincher movies and give your ranking. <laughs> Not happening. Ben's like, I'm going to watch the game again. <laughs> <sighs>